0: Welcome to Leader Fables, a podcast where two lifelong friends and totally obsessed business nerds discuss all things leadership. I'm your host, Jacob Evans, and I'm joined by my good friend, Casey Clark, who tracked all of his podcast equipment to an undisclosed location so that we could record this podcast for you, dear listener, today. How are you doing, Casey?
1: (laughs) I'm awesome. I don't know how undisclosed it is. I'm going through the Big D and mean Dallas. I am dooming hanging Dallas. out in Dallas right now. Yep. Well, that's awesome. How's the weather? It's nice. It's it's about 20 degrees warmer than Salt Lake. So yeah. It's uh, it's
0: still pretty cold here. Uh, yeah, yeah. I did get in my afternoon rock. It's still, but it's still pretty cold. So. Yeah. Well, I'm yep. glad that you are able to. Uh, yeah, that we're able to record today.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, you it's being
0: cool. in an undisclosed like, location and me being, you know, here in. The beautiful mountain west.
1: Yeah, it's the power of technology, right? Um, you can go, and I work virtually all all day long, so I can be anywhere, anytime, and uh, still doing stuff. It's that new world. That's great. Well, I am super excited for our topic today,
0: which is a manager's rallying cry. Um, mm-hmm. So tell me, Casey, what is a manager's rallying cry?
1: Usually it's like ah, that's normally help. Help. <laughs> <Yeah>. Does anybody <laughs> like <I'm>, hear me? <laughs> I'm overwhelmed, and it's not Friday yet. No, uh, I you know a rallying cry to me is a singular focus that is easy to follow and be and easy to be inspired by. That keeps your team on focus because so many things are coming at your team all the time. The rallying cry helps to cut through that and say. At our core right now, our focus is this. And it's super inspiring and connected to the vision and the mission. And it brings your team back to center when things get crazy.
0: It's so great. Because things will go crazy. Right. Yeah. Like very crazy sometimes. This is one of the this is one of the topics that I, as a manager, as an individual, as someone who desires to be productive. I come back to time and time and time again. And I found that it's a little like an onion. Like, you can't get too much focus. You can't, you know, work on honing uh, your ability to focus and helping your team focus. So I'm really, really excited to talk about, um, yeah, a team and a manager's rallying cry today. I was wondering, do you have maybe like a nice little story or anecdote to share about
1: to kind of kick us off? Um yeah, uh, th- this this episode? Yeah, I was thinking about this uh today and I, w- I was like digging deep in my archive of leadership and I was like you dummy this happened this week. Uh and so uh the organization I work for there's multiple layers of leadership including, you know, vice presidents, directors, senior managers, frontline managers. Uh so we we have multiple layers and the the group that I'm primarily primarily lead is the senior manager group, and uh, and I have a partner. We both lead different sides of the company, and so we got all these senior managers together um, early in the year because we were inspired. We we're going to get focused, and we mapped out these priorities for our team. Like I said, these are the three things that uh, we want eighty percent of your time focused on this quarter. And then to follow up and make sure that we don't lose track of those, we're going to have a monthly meeting, come together, and our agenda is already set. It's these three things. So you come to this meeting, we're going to give updates, we're going to, uh, you know, cure blockers, we're, we're going to, you know, get in, re-inspired by the vision. And so we were building. This would be our second monthly follow-up with this group. And so I, I meet with my partner, and we're like, okay, what's on the agenda? So we we map out an agenda. The agenda's done. And I'm like, wait a minute. None of these are the priorities that we gave them to start the quarter. There's not one. They were totally different. And I was like, see, this is why you have to have a rallying cry. This is why you have to have a focus because the urgent will overcrowd the important all every time. And so we went back and we like, nope, let's go back to our priorities and and there were and we added like one other thing just as an update but it was like it was such a good exercise for us to have committed ourselves as leaders to say this is what you need to be focused on and put it in writing and so when we come back we made sure we didn't drift off of that. So it was this week. I mean, it was like yesterday this happened. I was thinking about this
0: uh, during my walk. I think yesterday I'm like, Oh, well I probably got a good story to share about focus. And it dawned on me just as it dawned on you that this happened to me this week. I sit down typically on Sunday afternoons and put together my weekly plan, which we'll be talking about a little bit later here. And, um, I got to the end of the plan, and I'm like, oh, this feels like a good plan. And then I scrolled back up to the top and reread my goals. I'm like, there's <laughs> nothing in my plan this week that ties to a single one of my goals. So oh, either man. the goals are wrong or the plan is wrong, but one of the two are wrong. <laughs> right, right, Probably the plan, but uh, yeah. So focus is a – it. it's a really – I find it is a really difficult thing, and especially right. when you want to be focused, like I do, on completing goals that really kind of move the needle in various areas of my life. And uh, i I am easily distracted. I mean, I can sit down and go, "Okay, I'm going to build a plan around my goals on a Sunday afternoon," and I get to the end of the plan, and none of the <laughs> none of the plan right. items tie to the goals. So, yeah, I I, I yeah. hope I I'm just so relieved to know that I am not alone, Casey. (laughs) No. We are in the boat together.
1: Yeah, none of us are alone. And I've definitely had those weeks where I was like, man, that was a sweet week. I got so much done. And and then when I go to do my weekly review, which, again, we'll talk about, uh, I'm like, I didn't do anything that moved the needle forward. I felt good about the week, or vice versa. Like, this week was rough. And I go to do that reflection, and I'm like, wow, actually, I got a lot done this week that connected, so... Uh, it's why it's important to have those goals to start with, then to have your, your rallying cry that brings you back to focus.
0: All right. So uh, now a fable, and we'll be right back.
2: All right, Anne. Here we go. Time to start another week. Where to start? What to do first? Ugh. Wait. Think positive. That's what the therapist said, right? Yes, here it is. Three steps to making progress. Step 1. Think positive. Step 2. Define your week. And step 3. Jump into it. That's what I'll do. Follow the plan, Anne. It's as simple as that. Read it again. Step 1. Think positive. Yes, I'm positive. Yes, I absolutely know what I am doing. I have the right team and a clear mission. Well, a clearish mission. That's okay. This is going to be the week. Yes, this is going to be the week where it all starts coming together. This is going to be a week of progress. No, the team will make progress this week. Even better. Step one. Think positive. Yes, I think this is working. What's next? Step two, define your week. Yes, I can do that. I can define my week. Hello, week. My name is Anne, and I am your master. Submit to me. Ew, maybe a bit too much like Dad's approach. Call me king, Anne. Build a giant slingshot to launch me into space, Anne. Give me a break. I'll tell you where you can put that giant slingshot. Dad, I mean your most royal kingness. OK, I'm getting off track. Focus, Anne. Step one. Think positive. Step two. Define your week. I have to be positive and define this week. I'm positive that this week will be defined by chaos. Come on, Anne, don't think that way you can do this. Define your week. How do I define this week? Oh, I know. Let's see what's on the calendar. That connects, right? If we've gone to all the trouble to schedule a meeting that involves multiple people, it has to be important, right? Great thinking, Anne. Let's start with today. Monday, 10am, staff meeting. What? That's 30 minutes from now. How did that happen? Who put this meeting on my calendar? There is not even an agenda. Who is the organiser? Please don't be me. Please don't be... And it's me, of course. I put the meeting on the calendar. Anne, what are you doing? You know better than this. You always send an agenda. Wait a minute. It looks like there is a reply. Maybe the meeting got rescheduled, or even better... Cancelled? Hey Anne, Dodge here. Um, yeah, Dodge, you sent me the email, so I know who it is. I might be about 20 minutes late to this meeting because of the demo on the Intra-Kingdom wires. Save me a seat, and I'll save you a smile. Um, gross. Also, remind me to bring up the issue with the new contractors. Yours truly dodge new contractors what new contractors and what is the issue come on dodge wait a minute wait a minute this could be step two define your week yes think positive define your week and jump into it i am positive that solving this issue with the new contractors will be the focus of the week I will hear the issue, then I will facilitate a great debate with tons of ideas being shared. I will ask amazing clarifying questions that help to, you know, clarify things in everyone's minds and then make a decision. Then I will define clear deliverables and follow up accordingly. Yes, that's it. I did it. And the manager of the year award goes to me. (gasps) Thank you, Dodge. Let's just send an e-scroll to the group. Hello, team, and happy Monday. Sorry for sending the agenda for today's staff meeting late. I, um, typed it up on Friday and forgot to hit send. Yeah, that's believable. Let's push our start time back 20 minutes... Dodge has an important update regarding the new contractors working on the intra-kingdom wires that we need everyone to weigh in on. See you then, Anne. Nice. Maybe I am good at this. Step 1. Think positive. Check. Step 2. Define your week. Check. Step 3. Jump into it. All right. Let's go. I'm ready. What was that? I got a voicemail. I didn't even hear my phone ring. I must have been too busy making this week my subject. (laughs) Oh, it's from Dad. Ah, hello! Anne! (laughs) yes, Uh, this is the King. I want you to know that I have forgiven you, yes. Uh, Ah, yes, for being insubordinate during our last meeting. Um... Well, I didn't apologise. Uh, also, yes, I, I I wanted to get a status report on the slingshot. A status report? You told me about the stupid thing last week. Now, I'm thinking I would like it to be green. You know, match my eyes. Make that happen, yes. Uh, goodbye. OK, so now we're making a green slingshot. Sure, why not? I do need to tell the team about the slingshot. I guess I could do that today during the staff meeting also, but I already sent the email. I know what I can do. Reply to all. Hey all, just getting ahead on sending an agenda for next week's meeting. I don't want to leave it in my outbox again. You are a sly one, Anne. Only use your powers for good. Next week's agenda topic is an out of this world. Announcement. Send. All right. I'm positive. I have not only defined this week, but next week as well. This is leadership. Time to head to the staff meeting. Wait. What is this? Someone slipped a card under my door. It's from Tara. She is so sweet. Let's see what it says. Hello, Anne. I thought you would enjoy some portraits of little Anne in her new sweater. Wow, there are so many pictures in here. Why do people dress up animals or name them after me for that matter? Oh well, she is pretty cute. Maybe I will share these at the meeting. No, Anne, no. Stay focused and remember the plan. This week is about solving the issue with the new contractors, whatever that is. Not about cute cat pictures. Oh, she has a hat in this one. It doesn't matter. Stay focused. Wait. Her card has something else. A separate note. P.S. I wanted to make you aware that citizens still do not have a way to make complaints. I mean, feedback. A group of them is now picketing in front of the castle and seems quite angry. They have pitchforks and torches. I suggest we evacuate. Have a great day. Terra. Why would you write this in the card with cat pictures? Ugh! I'm going to have to bring this up at the meeting. Oh, I'm late. Hello, everyone. Thank you for being on time. I was just made aware of the fact that we have some villagers picketing the castle and that we may all be in danger... We need to evacuate as soon as possible. But before we do that, I want to make sure that we first delve into the issue with the new contractors so as not to get sidetracked from what really matters. Dodge, will you brief the group on the situation?
0: Well, you bet. As you all know, the new contractors for the Intra-Kingdom Wire start next week, and we need to make a decision on what kind of welcome cake to order. Now, I know we usually go with chocolate but I want to make a bold suggestion that instead we go with red velvet. Thoughts?
2: Well, first of all, thank you for bringing up that very important topic with the new contractors. I'll absolutely let everyone know that this will be a major focus this week. So, everyone, please let me know what your thoughts are on the red velvet issue as soon as possible, so we can jump on solving this very important issue. Now, if you will, please join me in leaving through the nearest exit.
1: Well, that was pretty funny, Casey. <laughs> the, the really funny part is that chocolate cake and black velvet cake or red velvet cake are the same thing. Did you know this? Did you I know, did know that red velvet I, I is I really just like chocolate, chocolate but cake. I don't
0: like red velvet. Maybe it's, it's a mine it's, it's just uh, food coloring. Yeah. Oh, man. That's gonna f- that that, that <laughs> is going to fester.
1: But the type of cake is an important leadership decision. Let's let's be honest. I was Maybe. just
0: telling someone last week that I didn't like red velvet. Like I like all cake, but red velvet. Oh man. Yeah, it's just chocolate cake. Are
1: you sure? I think so.
0: Say, we're going to get lots. One of, comments of our on listeners this. needs to needs to set us <laughs> straight about this. Um, yeah. But yeah, if that's true, uh, my my mind is totally bent right now.
1: Yeah, there you go. I don't know if I can go on, to be honest. Yeah. Well, and don't don't set your priority for the week based off something someone's going to say and hasn't said. So that that's a good that's a good tip. Pro tip right there. Yeah. Cuz I've never done that ever.
0: So Casey, we alluded to this at the very beginning. Um you indicated that you do a weekly planning and weekly reflection exercise. Could you talk a little bit about how you perform your weekly sort of reflections and then and then maybe we'll talk a little bit
1: about the planning aspects. Um. Yeah. I actually uh, just did a whole presentation on this, so it's it's perfect. Uh, so I, I learned a long time ago that if you don't stop to reflect as a manager, time will just roll on. Uh, bec- again, because there's just so much happening generally that you have to cultivate habits of reflection. Uh, one, even to mark breathing points as a manager, because it just goes on and on. And Very rarely do you have a job where it's you finish, right? Like, and it's over. It's one of the reasons, like, at my house, uh, you're not allowed to do the dishes because I want to do the dishes because that's one job I can do that actually has an end to it. And so, as a manager, I I found this reflection time helps me to process what's happening, the the progress I'm making, uh, questions I have, and uh, even celebrate. The successes that are happening. If I don't, I just you know I, I get into this robot mentality of, of work. So for me, um, I do mine on Sundays as well, and it starts Sunday morning. I do sort of an after action review uh, for a military term, where I go through my last week and I note the the things that went well, um, what the wins were. You know, really starting with gratitude and celebration. Um, so you know, here are three to five things that uh, my team did well, or I did well, or or were just, you know, celebration moments for the week. Uh, then I go through what I set as my focuses. So I, I set three priorities each week. Shout out to Michael Hyatt and uh, Free to Focus. Uh, so I'll set three priorities each week. So I'll go back and give myself sort of a grade on how I did on those uh, priorities. Then I do a a kind of a a start-stop-continue exercise for that last week. Like, what what am I going to keep doing? What am I going to start doing? Or what am I going to stop doing based on on that reflection? And then I I did just a couple other things less formally. Like, what did I learn that week um, that that I want to make sure that I document that I learned? And who can I encourage this next week? Um, That's another step that I, I take. But. But so that's the first part is that then, um, so I usually do that Sunday morning, then Sunday afternoon, I'll, I'll set a plan for the next week. I'll go through the, what we call a list sweep, you know, closing any open loops that you have. So this could be going through your email, going through your notes, going through your task list, like, and I'm going to capture everything that needs to get done that next week. Uh, I'm going to put it on paper. Actually, hand write it. And I, I am a, a, a total tech nerd with with productivity, but I find just having to write them out by hand uh, is a really good exercise for me. And then I select three of those to be my priorities for the next week. That's awesome. Um, yeah. You
0: know, one thing that I that happened to me as a middle manager, I uh, I was um, I felt like really overwhelmed, and I had started reading uh, David Allen's uh, Getting Things Done book. Uh, and in, in, in that book, he talks about a weekly review. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to figure out what this weekly review is all about. And uh, I went back and looked at what I had done the previous week. Um, this, I think, was on a Saturday morning. And I was shocked to learn I did two things. I only did two things that week. I sat in meetings and I wrote mm. emails. And I presumably I read some emails, so maybe three things. And that's all I did. And what was shocking to me and a little um, discouraging was that I had other priorities, other things that I wanted to get done and see through to completion or at least mm-hmm. start. And, uh, and I realized that if I continued to go on this trajectory of just sitting in meetings and doing email, um, I wasn't going to, one, serve my team all that well. And I wasn't going to – and I didn't have the bandwidth – the time to work on strategic initiatives, and um, and it was at, at that sort of moment, that juncture, that I realized I needed a more, I, I needed to do a better job of not only understanding and and scheduling time for strategic initiatives, but also pushing back the other things that tend to creep in and occupy a great amount of time. and And for me, at the it, it was email and meetings. Um, so yeah, I, I I think that without at least for me, like <laughs> without um not only do you need the focus, not only do you need the thing to things to focus on, but you also need the ability to uh carve out time uh to focus because uh it, you know, if you're like me, <laughs> these things will creep in and they'll take all your time. Like meetings can take out all your time, doing emails can take out all your time. And I don't know, maybe, maybe some of you have written, maybe you have Casey, maybe you've written an email that's like, changed the world, you know, fixed the culture, uh, uh, saw a strategic initiative to completion. I haven't, none of my emails have had quite that effect. They've done other things, but they've never like, I can't point to any one email I've written that said, oh man, that email really, really moved the needle that, that really like got it done.
1: Yeah, an email will never do that. And frankly, generally a meeting won't either. You have a little more of a shot, I think, in a meeting than uh, an email. But I think it's even deeper in that what we do as leaders is we spend our day in email and in meetings, and then we do our work at night or on the weekends. And so then we end up neglecting our families and our friends and our communities, and it's easy to get burned out. And so it, what, what you're talking about is exactly the, the transition that I've gone through where, it, in fact, like I will, and this sounds like a lot of meetings still, but I have a four hour rule. No more than four of my hours in a day can be in meetings. If they are, I have to cancel meetings. And I hate letting anyone down and, and not showing up for a meeting, but I just know that if, if I don't, the people I'm going to let down are my family. Um, because I'm, I'm going to get the job done. That's what's, you know, that's what leaders do. They figure out a way to do it, but it's going to, I'm not going to do it when I'm at my best and I produce my, my best work, but it's, it's not just leaders. Like, and I love your idea of kind of protecting your week and, and, but I also, you're protecting your team's week as well. And that's what a rallying cry to me does is, and, and I'll give an example that my teams, I work in higher education and our rallying cry right now is, term one retention. So when students come in to the university, um, the highest time that we lose students is in their very first term. And so we're we're that's our our rallying cry is term one retention. And so when we look to prioritize for the week and to focus, we're always starting with that. Where's term one retention? Um, where what's the metrics we can look at? What's the data? Okay, now what are our focuses off of that? And so if someone has a really, really fun, cool idea they want to do, like we'll say, okay, do we have bandwidth for that right now in light of term one retention being our rallying cry? Uh, and and it causes us a lot of times to say no, um, because we have this thing happening that actually connects to term one retention. That's automatically, that's our priority. That's our focus. And this, now I got more than four hours of meetings. How do I decide what one to decline? Well, which one is not about term one retention? That's the meaning I'm going to decline. Because uh, that's that's the most important thing happening right now, and I, I you know I set three priorities for the week because I think I you can do more than one thing in a week, but I do know what my number one focus is, and I think you have to set that with your team. And I think in our first or second episode, we talked about even doing an exercise where you ask your team what is our main focus, what is our main priority, and solidifying that. So if if you haven't, go back and listen to that episode. If you have, then start to build your week around it. That's, I think, what today's about. So I have a question for you, Casey. Like, if
0: I'm someone who, um, unlike you, you know, maybe I work in a team where there's just too many priorities and the team or the company is chasing too many things, how would you coach them to uh, say no more and yes less? Yeah. <laughs> Right. Because I, and yeah. I never ran into this in my career yeah. where there was so many things going on and we were saying yes to so many things. And I wasn't in a position where I could just say no. <laughs> and I felt like if I didn't attend the meeting, um, namely, it was meetings, but I felt like if I didn't attend the meeting, I would lose out or my team would lose out or I wouldn't get the information I need and I get, you know, right. blindsided later. Um, how would you, you know, coach someone who might be in a position like that?
1: Yeah, really tricky too as a middle manager, you mm-hmm. know, which our focus, you know, this this season. Um, I, I think there's a couple things. One is your your communication lines with your manager or your senior leader are really important. And if you haven't like agreed upon what your rallying cry is, that's where you start. Like and and being really open and honest. And if Jacob's my senior leader, I'm like, Jacob, like, I feel like I'm running everywhere all the time. And I know that's not what you want me doing. You want me focused. You want me moving the ball forward, but I need help clarifying the priorities of this and what your expectations are. And I can tell you as someone who leads a lot of people, I would never be upset by that conversation unless I would already told you and you just didn't listen. And now we're doing it again. Right. Um, but, but I think first is getting, working with your leader to get really clear on that. Second is like, how do you battle FOMO, right? That fear of missing out. And that's my problem. And, it's
0: the FOMO yeah. mostly. It's
1: like, oh, that yeah, sounds like it, an
0: interesting thing. I should know about that.
1: I'm going to go to that my, meeting. <laughs> mine too. And, and, and there's different sections of FOMO. Like is the FOMO because you're excited about a project and you just want to be part, you want to be, you want to give your voice to what's happening. Or second is, do you not trust the other people that would be in that meeting? Because those are different issues, I think. I think I felt um, both
0: ways. Just you know, to give you some honest, frank feedback, yeah, like uh, those people too. are going to botch this up. I should probably go to that meeting.
1: <laughs> but I also know, like, I've been in meetings and uh, I'll like look up and I'm like, I- I'm talking the most here, and this is not my area, like because I'm just excited about an idea. And I'm like, oh, there's actually all stars in this area that I need to like step back and listen to them. I've also, I actually have a quick part email that, that, uh, when I can attend a meeting that says, Hey, I'm not going to be able to be at this meeting, super interested in the topic. Could you please record and, or send me the notes from the meeting? And, uh, I found no one wants to send you the notes. So they'll just usually record the meeting. And then I can, like, if I'm, you know, if I have time that day, I can go listen at double speed and, you know, like take notes and stuff. And And, uh, very rarely are final decisions made in meetings. Like, and, and that is like a a leadership principle, I think is like the decision is never made in the meeting. Uh, the decision is made before the meeting or after the meeting. Um, and sometimes there's meetings after a decision has been made where we pretend that we're making the decision in the meeting or then it's, but usually what's happening is a meeting is a chance for people to give input. So there's different ways for you to give input, send an email, right? Like, uh, get with someone who will be in that meeting and say, hey, here's what I'm feeling. Could you like just state this in the meeting for me? Um, but but that idea that you can't be everywhere all at once and if it's not connecting to your rallying cry or your big three for the week, then probably you shouldn't be in those meetings. And then you have to ask yourself, is it more important for me to be there or for me to make the progress I need to make this week? And the answer is always gonna be the progress, but, uh, and there's, and and the other part is just, realizing you might miss out on something but it's not the something that is the priority for you that week and you know that's one of the things that i had to learn uh it's okay to miss out you can
0: get the notes from a friend um you've got colleagues and you know folks that like you that probably want to see you succeed they'll be happy (laughs) i found that they're very happy to share with me the highlights of a meeting and um and and then if i have feedback i know who to go to and uh and kind of, you know, share my thoughts. Uh, which is I found is really rare. Like I would have this sort of FOMO um uh a uh, uh, feeling about not attending a meeting and I'd find that when I didn't attend and I still had the FOMO, I'd like, "Oh, that's what you guys talked about?" Okay, yeah, I didn't you know no, no about that. Like uh, that's great. You guys are doing awesome. Right. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and there are meetings where you need to be there and and frankly you need to be a star because it's your area and it's your and not a star is like, I'm going to talk, but you know, it's like, I'm going to be here and I'm going to be prepared and I'm going to be ready. Those meetings are, are, are critical if they connect to your, you know, to your, your, uh, biggest focuses. But I would say generally probably the meeting you most need to be focused for is your team meeting, um, to get your team focused for that week. And, and if you don't, then they're all being pulled to these other meetings too. Right. It just becomes this like, uh, horrible snowball that becomes like you know indiana jones boulder rolling at you Um, but it's just really easy to get pulled into the orbit of other people's focus and lose track of your focus Um, and so again this is to me why this has to be written down why you have to visit it every day you have to visit it every week you need to read your strategic plan every single week while you're making your weekly plan Uh, you need to look at it every day Because if not, just you'll drift. You'll get pulled into drift um, so easily. Let's take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, Audible. One of the things that I love that we're doing this season on Leader Fables is each episode we're focusing on one of our favorite books. And we also have a special offer for Leader Fables listeners. So Jacob, do you have a book for us today?
0: I absolutely do have a book for us today. And the book I would like to tell you all about is Deep Work by Cal Newport. Now, this episode, we've been talking about focus and how important it is to not only be focused as leaders, but also to help our teams or create environments where our teams can be focused. And that is what this book is all about. I don't know about you, Casey, but we live in a world where distraction is so accessible not what? only.
1: Sorry, I was checking Facebook when you said I, that. I know. See exactly. Say that again. Right. Just I'm not. I'm not repeating. <laughs> not okay. repeating. We're moving on.
0: No, we have so many like wonderful and terrible distractions that we can avail ourselves to as as leaders, as leaders of teams. And Cal Newport talks about not only the science behind uh, creating environments that foster deep work and habits that foster deep work, but he tells us why it's so important. And and I, I I'm just going to kind of cut to the chase. People that can think deeply about problems and come up with really wonderful solutions are going to win in this economy. And I I believe that's really true. And um, so I think as leaders, uh, it behooves us to create teams and habits and rhythms uh, or environments where people can think deeply and focus. So that is my book, Deep Work by Cal Newport. Check it out. It's, It's really great.
1: And so connects to being middle managers, right? Because this is more than just about your deep work. It's about you setting this stage for your team as well. You can't go wrong with a, a Cal Newport book or article on anything. So this is this is terrific. And I'm also going to look up what behooves means. Um I, I'm sure I could I could find that on Audible too. Uh, but but we would encourage you to take a quick break, go over to our website, leaderfables.com backslash audible, and listeners of our show get a free 20 day trial to Audible Plus where there's thousands of audiobooks, podcasts, original content, all sorts of cool stuff uh to listen to when you're on your walk or you're doing your professional development or doing the dishes or you know programming some sweet new app like Jacob's doing whatever's going on at that time uh Audible will hook you up. Now, back to our show.
0: I wanna just revisit real quickly your weekly planning process. And I, I follow a very similar process. I um I I look at you know what I said I was gonna do last week and I, I kinda of consider, well, how well did it go? What could have I done better? Um, and then I also consider like, well, you know, what are some other things that I, I can try and start or and tweak or improve upon to make my next week even better? Um, one of the things I found in that sort of weekly pr- planning process is that my eyes tend to be bigger than my stomach. I think I can do more (laughs) than what I can actually do. Um, Mm -hmm. Because on a Sunday afternoon, I'm super optimistic about the next week. I've got my, I think my calendar set, all the meetings have been booked. Um, You know, I I know where my white space is. I know when I'm going to do what. um, And, I I think I can do more. Oftentimes this happens to me. I think I can do more than what I can actually do. Um which I think has led me from time to time to resist uh that sort of weekly planning process um because I don't want to like like I don't want to look at what I didn't do and say, "Oh well, that didn't go well. I didn't get I didn't get those three things done that I thought I was going to do, or I didn't get them done to the, my satisfaction." So I'm wondering, Casey, how do you kind of overcome that challenge, particularly as yeah. it relates to not uh, to giving yourself a, 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 a big but reasonable, but not uh, like really easily achievable goals, like reasonable, yeah. achievable, but not easy.
1: Right. Well. You know, I think it, it's a bit of a funnel, right? Like, uh, it, at the top of that funnel is who you want to be as a person, as a professional. And uh, there there's lots of systems out here to do this. But how I think about it is I have these different domains in my life. Like, I have my work. I am a parent. I'm a husband. I'm a, uh, you know, I have causes that I volunteer for. Like, I have these different domains. I have hobbies, you know, these different things. And then I have an ideal state for those things. Like here's my ideal state as a father. This is what would be true. Then unfortunately, I have a current reality that's generally not the ideal state. so so how I form my goals is what what do I need to do from my to get from my current state to my ideal state? And then I'll set uh, seven, you know five, six, seven goals a year to focus on to help bridge that gap then I'll take a couple of those each quarter and focus on those. So that's the start uh, for when I'm planning my week is going to those goals that I've set as a focus. And so then I'm going to actually, what is my next step for whatever goal that I'm working on? And so then I'll, I'll uh, you know, that will become a, a, on my to-do list that, you know, as I'm making that on Sunday afternoons, like I said, um, then from there, and I think the most important part of that is to actually prioritize what you have to get done that week. And I don't go every single one is like, uh, well, you know, I'm not going to do this until this is complete like that. That's a little too deep for me. That's where I go and I highlight three of those things. Um, and and I know if I get through those three things and those three things alone, I had a successful week. Um, and I don't, I try not, well, I don't, uh, I try not to work on the other things until those, the, the parts for those three things have been done. And so I, I think it really, your question is around, you know, how do you prioritize it? I almost never get everything done that I set out for the week. I have a big ambitions on a Sunday too. And, um, but I know I'm going to get those, those three done because I, I'm not going to stop until those three are done. Um, now everything else, um, that can, can flow over to the next week or the next cycle. But I at least know those three things are are going to get done.
0: That's good. I think one of the challenges I've ran into when setting three goals for the week or three, you know, kind of things I want to get done for the week is some of those things are a little bit bigger than what I might be able to fit into a single week. Right. So I think the the trick is breaking those down into more mm-hmm. achievable, um, Not easy wins necessarily, but, you know, things that you really feel comfortably, even if you got a curveball thrown at you midweek, you can still um, you can still get done,
1: even if you got to maybe work till six one night or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, the question is, like, what what do I need to do this week for for these goals? Um, And most of I know most I have goals that take me five, six years to accomplish and 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 it's the same process of like okay what is this week's section of that but i find that sunday is the right time to do it because in and pick your own time please but for me sunday is the right time because i am optimistic uh if i'm doing it like monday afternoon i'm like i'm not doing anything this week life is horrible there's too much going on right like uh so i think it is good to actually have these thoughts during an optimistic part of the week because y- you know you you're always going to probably need to do more than you're able to do, but at least you know you know, you can draw a line that says this is what I have to get through, and these other things would be like ambitions or, or nice to get through. And, and I think it's also it, – it shouldn't stop there, and this is where I actually have some area of opportunity is you, you should be blocking time each week. And I think you actually do this better than I do where – no. <laughs> you, you know, you, I've you been get, really nah.
0: – I'm shaking my head at Casey.
1: I'm really yeah.
0: inconsistent – I've tried to do time blocking. Um, it's helped uh, for weeks where there is like calendar contention, meaning people really want to get on my calendar for stuff. It's really given me a nice tool to say, no, I've got that time already committed to this other project. Um, the last, I don't know, couple months for me, that hasn't been the case. I've had like a lot of project work, but not a lot of meeting work. Um, and uh, and yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I, I I'm very inconsistent in my time bo- time blocking. Um, that's probably an area that I should improve upon. Um, yeah. So no, yeah. I am not perfect.
1: <laughs> All no. That to say. I, I, yeah, and I just thought you're better than I am. Maybe like th- a little bit. I will though when I when I prep for my day, I'll grab free blocks of time and I'll, I'll, I'll at least schedule them so other people don't have the access to schedule them. But I mean, it'd be ideal if uh in the week you could block those you know during your, your prep, but I think if you go back to your team, uh I think it's even more important that you're blocking time for your team to work and protecting them from uh other sources of distraction uh that pull them away from that rallying cry that we've been talking about and I know um one of the one of the things that works really well on my team, first thing monday Monday nine a m which is kind of the kickoff for our week we act. I have a meeting with my direct reports. And in that meeting, we, we all have these same rhythms that we've learned where we actually go over those focuses for the week. So that's great. Uh, I have four direct reports and then they all have like 10 direct reports and then they have 20 direct reports. Right. So, uh, in, in that meeting though, um, we, we just go around the room and like the agenda's already set, like, okay, here's my three things this week. Here's a, and and here's a couple updates you know so you know what i'm working on and then each person does that and what you find is synergy opportunities to you know like oh you're working on that too well why don't we work together because it'd be a lot easier right two heads are better than one on this um or to be like sometimes like why is that your big focus this week that sounds like you're padding your stats right like uh that's not a big focus dude that's one email you need to send like what what are you doing or um, I actually have this deliverable I need from you tomorrow. Why is that not on your your big three? So especially as your team gets comfortable with each other where they could challenge those big three, it's a huge win. That's awesome. Um, because you are synchronized and you're like, okay, if that's got to happen, what do we need to do the calendar to make sure that happens? Uh, an example of this, uh, we're in a review period right now where we're doing review mid-year reviews for our team. And it's a lot. Like our our frontline managers, some of them have thirty reviews to write, and wow. and that's no that's no small process, right? So we're like, how, how can we help our, our our leaders get through these? Well, we blocked off two weeks of the calendar where they have no meetings, no one on ones. They are doing nothing but writing reviews, and we are like funneling them sugar, and uh, you know like uh, you know sliding pizzas and, under the door, and, right? Right, and we're like <laughs> uh, having like uh, competitions, like who can write what, you know, like anyway, try to get, bring some energy to it. But it's like, that is our rallying cry for that time, our focus. Then what do we need to do with the schedule? What, uh, influences do we need to eliminate? You know, what can we do to make this even fun uh, and energetic and how we synergize with each other. But if you never had the conversation that this is our focus, you know, we're going to expect them to get those done while they're doing everything else, and, and that leads to burnout and just lack of productivity.
0: Very cool. Well, one thing I want to add while we're still kind of on the topic of planning um, that I don't know if you – I don't think you mentioned this, Casey. One thing I do when I do my weekly planning is – uh I go through each day of the week and I actually write like a paragraph or two about what I'm going to do that day. And I, I use, I, you know, sometimes I'll use bullet points, but typically I'll, I'll write a couple paragraphs on how I'm going to spend my time. And I find that doing that is not only, not only motivates me to get it done, but having done that, um, I always know what I'm going to be working on the next day. And I find that really, really helpful. And one of the like little pro tips I, I would, I, I'd encourage, you know, everyone to do I do this is link out like in your text documents or you know emails um, you know stuff related to the projects that you're going to be working on so that when you get to that day you kind of have a pick list of things already in front of you with the uh, materials or resources that you may need to access to get Whatever you're doing, done. In my case, is it's it's typically project work. Um, I, I found that to be really helpful. It just kind of lowers the barrier to entry a little bit, and it, at least for me, it um, curtails my tendency uh, to procrastinate by having you know everything laid out, uh, links ready to go. Um, yeah, I find it really motivating and 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 very helpful.
1: That's so that's a project, man. I, I'm going to like be in awe of you, like writing a paragraph for each day. I, I think that especially if it's aspirational, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, because that can be super motivating. Uh, I each morning, I kind of do that. Like, but doing it ahead of time, I think I'll, I'm going to try that for a couple of weeks and, and see how that works. I got to tell you, like
0: tip. it, Um, I thought it would take me a lot of time to do. And I've been timing myself. I've been doing this, this sort of, you know, paragraph a day um, planning, uh, for the last four weeks now. And it only takes me like 30 minutes to get through a whole week plan. Uh, um, yeah, I look at my really calendar, cool. I see what's going on that day. I look at my goals for the week and yeah, I kind of weave those two things together when I write out kind of the plan for that day. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. helpful.
1: It's cool. And, and you, I imagine you get better at it over time, right? Like I, I know in my weekly previews, I'm better now. I actually am better at even estimating what time I have to get things done. When when I first started, it was like I get through, you know, three or four things on the list and now I'm like I can actually predict pretty pretty well what I can get done, uh what my team can get done. But uh I actually love adding some narrative to it. I, I do a nightly reflection where I'll just kind of write like, here's how the day went, here Sometimes it's like a, a, a teenager's diary. This person was mean to me today. You know, like uh, I have those moments That's in awesome. my in my planner. Um, but but I really like that. Um, I I think that the key what we're getting at here is if you don't have a plan for your week, if you don't have a focus, you're going to be susceptible to everyone else's plan for your week. And I'm just telling you, there it, it's not the same all the time. It'd be great if we lived in a utopian world where it all just worked together, but. If you don't have a plan for your week, you're gonna you're gonna be someone susceptible else. To other people, yeah.
0: yeah someone else has off. a plan yep. for your week. If you don't have a plan, right. someone else does, and it right. And 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 sometimes they are not in alignment. <laughs> but right. I would say and, oftentimes
1: and, they're not in alignment, and often not with bad motives either. Sure. right? They, yeah. And, and sometimes the person with the best plan wins. And you know, uh, I I know I've gone into lots of different meetings where I had a plan, and so no one else did. So guess whose plan got implemented? Mine, because I had a plan. So I, I think that is uh, is such a healthy exercise, and this isn't just work. This is, you know, what what's my plan with my kids this week? What's my plan with my my significant other? You know, what charitable uh, endeavors am I focusing on right now? But to me, it's it's like, what what are you rallying cry? What what are you about, and what is that focus? And is it inspiring to your team to join in? Like, if my rallying cry with my team was like, uh we're going to focus on me being a better presenter, right? Like my team would be like, yeah, that's not exciting for us. But if I can connect it back to our mission of serving students and serving, you know, and helping, you know, eliminate poverty, you know, things like that. Like it has to be intriguing. It has to be something that people would follow, right? Like it's the, you know, as it, the Braveheart, like freedom, right? It's it's that call that you're like, your people are following you on, and then the strategy that goes behind it to stay focused.
0: I've been saving this pro tip for this episode. So I got to get it out. And, that, nice. and, and, and it is this. I found it was really effective to block out an entire day for your team every single week to not have a meeting. So we had on my team no meeting Mondays. We did do we, we did break the rule a little bit because like Casey, we had our our Monday morning sort of um, senior leader management meeting. Uh, but other than that, we did no meetings on Monday across the entire entire technology organization. And I found it was really, really great because everyone knew I can come to work on Monday. I'm not going to have to sit in meetings. I can get my week straight. I can get focused. I can get, you know, Project work started. Um, I thought it was a really wonderful way to kick off a week by not ha- by having a day of no meetings. So that's my one yeah. tip. If you can make it happen, do that for your team.
1: They will thank we've, you. We've we've been kicking this around, um, you know, on on having a full day. I think software folks like you are the ones that kind of pioneered this, right, with uh, sprints and you know different like uh, you know pull versus push, yep. meaning like you know get you, get your define what you're going to focus on for whatever this next round is. And then everyone's heads down, getting this done, we'll all come up for air together and see where we're at. And then regular, but light check-ins. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said uh, for that and and specifically depending on your function, right. Of, of what you're doing. But uh, I love it. Uh, You know, there's, there's some of these that have been kind of time tested even. Um, I can't remember what company, but, you couldn't send emails certain days that we could actually had to pick up the phone and call people, you know, and, and have a conversation. I, I would hate that. But well, that sounds miserable. Uh, I just wouldn't pick up the phone.
0: Right. Would that just that would be
1: the day that I'm also not taking meetings <laughs> or phone calls. Yeah. So I, I think that's a great tip.
0: So what are what are some uh so you know, we got a we got a great week plan, we've ratified that, it looks good, we're feeling good, we're feeling energized, ready to go, take on the week, and then the inevitable happens. Something, some unknown comes from nowhere that throws our plan. <laughs> uh well, that destroys uh, often in my case, it doesn't even throw the plan. It it destroys the plan. Uh yep. what do you do, Casey, in that in that inevitable, inevitable scenario where an unknown um happens during the week?
1: Yeah, and, and you do have to be, you know, there's a level of flexibility that that needs to happen in any role. I'll go back to this is why your rallying cry should not be something that can be thrown off. Um, you know, it should be enough because if if it's if it's high enough level that it connects the work that you're doing with the vision that you have, even if uh, the way you're going to accomplish it changes, you know, some project or something changes, you can still focus back on the ultimate goal uh, of what you're trying to accomplish. Um, I also think the when this happens the thing we do least is communicate that it has happened like so i i think the pro tip here would be to pull the team together and say okay there was a change it's pulling us off um off plan how are we going to adapt and get back on plan and so a- again i i'm speaking software engineer which is scary because oh, it's I don't wonderful know about keep going software man. <laughs> but um you know, this is like as a company, you should track your downtime, right? Like your time that you're off, um, your systems are down. Uh, I, Jacob, you probably know a fancier yeah. way to say that. Well, we track um, the
0: uptime. It's 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 a we. we oh, we, the opposite. We opposite. Cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: You you do it in a positive. I like that frame it positive versus negative, right? Um, but I I think the same thing applies here, right? If if it's something your team is continuously struggling with, you you should start to track what is pulling you off and the time and then, and then, start to get better, hold yourself accountable to getting better to getting back on focus um because you you're gonna be pulled off from time to time the The biggest thing is how quickly can you get back on? yeah, I think one of the things I found
0: um like I'll give you an example uh this week, in fact, uh I had a goal that I was planning to get done, but there was something uh related to this project, this technology project. That I did not anticipate, which which meant that it was going to take me much more time to, to finish uh than I had anticipated, which of course messed up my whole plan for the week. Um <sighs> so I had a decision, right? Like I could, and, and your point earlier, Casey, like I communicated the change, I let everyone know, hey, this thing happened that I didn't anticipate. It's gonna take a little bit more time. Um now I could have just thrown the plan out. Instead, what I did is I I reworked it I refactored it so that it was brought up to the the current reality. And I had to let one of my goals that I had set out for the week go, um, but uh, I felt a lot better about just you know rewriting the plan um, that accounted for this change that again I I did not anticipate. So my encouragement to all of us is you know don't throw the plan out just just write just write a new plan refactor the plan based on, you know, the new learnings or the new, you know, sort of um, uh, uh, the new uh, uh, to, to account for the changes that, that, that occur yep. in any given week.
1: Right. Well, and if you were working on your number one priority for the week and then you had to replan it and it made it so you didn't get to the other things, at least you got the most important right. thing done. And then when you get to the, the problem is, is if you're working on item number eight, and it blew up and like that kept you from getting to number one. That's a different issue, right? Like you shouldn't have been working on it in the first place. Right. Uh, right. And I think this is where an after action review is so helpful every week, holding yourself accountable because at that part, then you can reflect, um, okay, w- why did I have to rescope this this week? Well, I didn't take into account this, this, and this, or, you know, I, I didn't know something that I found out this week. Like, Start to uh, write those down, um, what you're finding is pulling you off. Because one, it might be an area of growth for you that you need to focus on, like uh, this is a skill I need to learn. Or it might be like you've identified a blocker in your organization that then you need to go pull a team together to solve for. But if you never get to the reflection piece and the definition of like saying this is the focus, then you'll never get to where you can fix these things or get better at them in the long term. Um, So I- you know, that's my point is like, I know if I get through these three things and and they're in order, there's a number one, there's a number two, there's a number three. Um, at least I know how to go back and at least salvage what I can of the week because, you know, there's no perfect week and there's no perfect strategy. Um, but you should get better at it over time. Yeah,
0: absolutely. One of the things that I found to be really helpful early on when I, Determined to work and to have time for focusing on goals and not doing meetings and emails was to schedule. And Casey, you know, alluded to this earlier is scheduling time out of your week at the beginning of the week to work on those things. Um, so that not only did you give the goal a time slot, but you also block it out so that other folks can't. Usurp yep. <laughs> the time that you know you uh, that, that we've all scheduled to do uh, 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 to
1: work on important things or things that you know are are going to really right. gonna move move the needle. Um, that, that weekly kickoff meeting maybe the pro tip of the day. Um, you know, for this podcast um, is there's a couple things that I like. One, and it's not always the first. I like it to be the first meeting of the week for me. Um, now I have people that work all over the country, so it's hard to make it the first for everyone, but uh, I like the, the week is going to start with a positive infusion of energy and focus, and uh, we're going to all come prepared to that meeting to talk about, you know, what our week is going to look like, and we're going to synergize uh, with each other, and we're going to identify some potential risks to that would pull us off, and uh, then we get to it. You know, after that, we get about the business of getting it done, but I, I would, you know, if there was one tip out of everything we talked about today, it might be that. Like, just start your meeting with your team. Um, and in that meeting, make the team identify their priorities for the week, go around and, and synergize on that. And, uh, I, I think again, what you're doing is instead of like, we're constantly being pushed onto your team, you're pulling the week for the, the work for the week, defining it at the beginning and then getting to work on it. Yeah. Um, so that people can't keep pushing more on. And, uh, that, that to me is like how you keep your rallying cry.
0: So do you encourage folks during their Monday morning meeting or after their Monday morning meeting to schedule out time, to block out time to work on their big three, the strategic initiatives that you've ratified as a
1: team? Absolutely. And my goal is that they actually have most of Monday, like you've said, where it's down for them, where they can... Because listen, if, if, if you have three priorities for the week, you can get two of them done on Monday, your week is going to be freaking awesome. So if, if you could like Mondays, you know, or whatever your week starts, uh, if you can have a chunk of time early on to get some momentum, it's going to set the course for the rest of the week. And, and this is another, they're just throwing out pro tips right and left here. We should charge today for this podcast because, um, the other part would be like, you should have designed your ideal week, right? Like you you shouldn't just let the week happen to you. You should actually go into it knowing like I have these blocks of time, uh, like we talked about like for that week, but overarching, you should have a strategy for your calendar. Um, that is like Monday, I have a stand up with my team and then it's blocked the rest of the day. I have mm-hmm. one-on-ones these days of the week. I have these key meetings, you know, um, whatever the rhythm and flow is, but, but yeah, if if you could get your team some time, which may be you going to bat for them, frankly too, and being like, we, this meeting can't be on Monday because my team is already engaged uh, in in something, and what they're engaged in is their work. Imagine that! Imagine like what they're, that. They're, they're they're working on is their work, uh, not just another meeting. So, you're not always in control of it, but where you can be, it'll go a long way with your team. That's really great. I I'm wondering, have you
0: ever you know, kind of talking about designing your ideal week? Slotting in the sort of big rocks, the things that you know are going to happen, kind of on a regular cadence, week in, week out. Have you played around with or thought about instituting or setting aside time blocks for folks to just come and interrupt you, like office hours? Like, hey, I'm always available between four four PM and five PM every day. Just you know, swing by, give me a call, um, and I'll answer your questions. We'll shoot the breeze, you know, whatever. Have you have you thought about um, Instituting something like that, I've tried this with like mixed success. I haven't found it to be particularly successful, but I know that I, I've heard of other people doing it. So I, you know, I wanted to ask you, yeah. like,
1: is this something that actually works? The the closest I've ever got was a stand up strategy where every morning we had a stand up meeting. So you could, you know, there's no agenda. You just come and shoot the breeze and talk about progress. Um, I I actually didn't like it because I, I felt like it really became just a complaining opportunity Mm. and, uh, but I'm not saying it can't work. It just never. So the, the rhythms that I like is like, I like a Monday kickoff meeting synergize focus. I like a midweek blockers meeting where like, okay, it's Wednesday. I am red, yellow, green on these things we identified. And, uh, here's why. Is there anything we can strategize as a team to remove a blocker from your progress? And then I like a Friday recap, Mm. uh, like, Hey, what did you get done? What can we celebrate? What's going to carry over to next week? What if you pushed really hard today, you could get done and feel really good about your week. Right? Like, so that's the cadence I like, but I'll be honest, I've struggled to get to the blocker and celebration meeting. Uh, the planning meeting we're pretty good at. Um, but, but Friday's a lot, you know, people take off, you know, it, it makes it harder, but I'm actually a little inspired to restart some of that. Um, even just the monday friday right if you could get to a planning and then celebration meeting you know which we're i think we're going to talk about next time actually Yes, celebration it should be great so, yeah i'm um, excited maybe i'll try it before we record that so we have stuff to talk about you <laughs> should totally
0: do that i guess what i'm getting yeah. at with that question is are there um what do you do to kind of curtail the uh our our propensity as human beings to interrupt people and and right. um and, and get our questions answered as soon as possible. I mean, I'm like that. Like, if I need a question answered, I'm going to just text Casey, and he's probably going to get back <laughs> to me super quick, which is great. Um, so, well, actually what actually say it things... in reverse, because I text him all the time, like, hey, random thought. That's true. He also <laughs> does one of my pet peeves. He'll send me an email and then send me a text that he sent me an email. I love those. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a busy
1: man, so I'm trying to get space on your calendar.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, no worries. I mean, like, yeah, so I guess... I I, I guess my question them. is: Do you have any strategies for just kind of minimizing interruptions, or or um, kind of training your team to to yeah. not be as interruptive? Because I think you know we kind of live in an interruptive. Um, uh, we we have a high tolerance for interruption. It seems, um, right. you know, at least in the West here, right? Which, yeah. And, which and that... I think is is just dis- is is unhelpful when you're trying Fair. to set aside time to do you know deep work um, that you don't want derailed by by interruptions right
1: yeah and uh the cost of task shifting is what you're doing there yeah. right like the idea of multitasking is false you're really time splicing yep you're you're doing quick transitions and that those transitions cost a lot of focus and creativity because they they make you exhausted and uh so this is an area i actually really need to focus on we do have some tenants on our team like if you need something from me, you're going to email me that you need it. Cause that will get it on my task list. And if you have a, a quick question, you you can send that to me via chat. Right. Um, and an email, I'll get back with you within a day. That's my kind of service level agreement to my team. If you chat me, I'm going to get back to you as soon as I can. And there are times where I get chat messages and I'm like, Hey, this is, this should be an email. Um, and and it's, you seem like such a jerk when you say it, but just even say like is, oh, yeah, sorry about that. I wasn't thinking. Like, it's never like bad motive that people do it. It's just, you know, you get you get running. So I think that can help. But I actually love the idea of just some open, you know, time where hey I'm going to be here. So um, pop in. Uh, I, I've been inspired because I know you're a big one on one proponent. I've never loved one on ones but in in our my one-on-ones we we've started to reshape these um to where we have a no admin rule in, in the one so on ones so one-on-ones are purely def, uh focused on high-level strategy and their and their development um and and it, actually I, I look forward to them a lot more um so the rest can be done asynchronously with emails or you know random get-togethers but That's I great. love the idea of of, of some open time I'm also just like the the hard part for me with that is you don't always need it. Right. Right. Like sometimes you need it. Sometimes you don't, but probably the relational bang you get is worth it. Even if it's not a super productive time. One thing I've done, uh, to kind of curtail interruptions,
0: uh, is I, well, let me back up a little bit. I have found at least for me in situations like this where, uh, I don't want to be interrupted. Often ignorance is bliss. Like, I don't need to know that I have emails waiting for me, or uh, Slack messages waiting to be read, or, or or text messages, you know, that are new. Um, and one way to do that, to kind of achieve that, and uh, is to turn on Do Not Disturb when you go into a focus block. So what I do is I, I set a little timer for fifty minutes. I start uh, turn on uh, Do Not Disturb and And, at the fifty minute mark, my timer goes off, I get up, I turn off, do not disturb, and then I can check messages or 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 whatever and I found that's really, really helpful for me yeah. uh to focus like just turning it all off, I'm not getting dings or you know email notifications or or whatever for that fifty minute block, and then you know after that's done, I have ten minutes to check and get up and go grab some water or stretch my legs or whatever. I found that to be really, really helpful and um Apple's actually done a really great job of this in Mac OS, where if you turn on Do Not Disturb on your Mac, it turns on Do Not Disturb on all of your devices. Um, so you're not going to have your phone going off um, during that time block. Uh, and, and the same, same is true for, for your Windows computer. You can also turn on focus mode there, and it uh, squelches um, or turns off uh, notifications. And, and you can, in fact, set exceptions where if there are certain people you do want to get through, like I have an exception for my wife, if she calls or texts me, that, that message will still go through. But everyone else, they'll have to wait until I'm done with my uh, uh, kind of deep work block. I found that to be really, really effective. And it's helped me to resist the urge to open up my email and find a distraction because I've, I've hit a little bit of friction in the work I'm trying to do. Um, yeah,
1: it's a lot easier to pivot to that Exactly, the thing you need to r- wrestle through. So I should stop sending you a text after I email you. Well, it doesn't matter
0: now because a, when I get into a deep a work block, I'll <laughs> just get it when I'm done and it's no big deal.
1: Yeah, Actually, you that. might be on
0: my exception list, so I don't know. I'll have to uh, check that.
1: Th- that's like the new – remember the old cell phone where you could pick your friends and family? Right. Uh, that's like the new thing. You're on, my, you're on my do not disturb exception list. Right. Way to go. You
0: can disturb me.
1: Uh the I, the one thing that I do that I think connects to that is I do only check email twice a day. Uh in my startup routine, wow, that's huge. Uh, I'll go through it. Yeah, and then when I shut down and uh when I shut and when I go through email, I do it like I'm on a military charge. Like anything that that takes more than a minute goes on my task list. I don't I don't focus on it on email. And I found if I if I have that kind of warrior mentality when I'm going through email, it goes a lot faster um and and then I'll actually close outlook um in in because if not I'll stare at that stupid thing all day so it's not helpful but uh and and I think the other part is like giving your team permission to do that as well you know when we're talking about being leaders yep. like let even, your team do it even, too yeah i have yeah i've had to do it with my like listen i know we have these norms and focus like if i send you something that's not during your time to work on it don't respond like just or or like send me an emoji that signifies how you feel about me doing that so <laughs> i've got, i've got some interesting ones over the years but but it's like listen like you set the norms you, you can people are going to break them people are going to forget that's okay like be nice to each other but but don't let it pull you out of your focus like you're talking about i love that do not disturb yeah, tip just turn um, that on
0: it's in your menu bar it's just right there that's, or task bar that's if you're right. on the windows
1: yeah, and uh, but again, to the point of like, if you never determine what you're going to focus on in the first place, like don't then go set a focus block. Like, you know, make these things work together, um, and I, I think you'll win. And hopefully, what you're doing is so awesome in that focus block, everyone's going to want to protect that time because they see the benefit of it. That's right. All right.
0: Well, uh, Casey, I think this was a this was a really good chat on. Yeah uh, weekly planning. Um, again, you know, this is kind of an onion. Um, the more you plan, the more you learn to plan and the more you learn to plan better. And I think if we did this episode a year from now, we'd have probably some more really great tips, uh, (laughs) to share. It's, it's one of those things, particularly as it relates to creating, uh, focus not only for yourself, but also your team. Um, and I think it's going to become, um, a more important topic, kind of as time goes on, because there are so many things uh, vying for our attention, uh, from social media to news to uh, – yeah, it's just – and there's so many different ways uh, we can get dopamine hits from uh, right. these uh, uh, these distractions, quite frankly. <laughs> so uh, right. I, I think that this is uh, something to get good at now. If you're not good at focusing, get good at it, because I think it's going to be a – critical skill to succeeding, um, as not only a person, but as a, as a really great leader, uh, uh, if you can focus, like that's going to be a superpower, I think, um, particularly in the next, you know, 10, 20 years. Yeah. And if you can teach your team to focus, that's going to be, that's going to be the key. You'll be unstoppable. Yep. We are going to be unstoppable, Casey.
1: It's going to be great. Right. And when you couple it with what we're going to talk about next time, which is celebration. We will celebrate after. the focus. Yes. That's right. And celebrate the work that comes out of the focus. Then people are going to want to focus more. It's it's a good feedback loop, right? So I, I'm excited about that. So make sure you come back next time and hear about celebration. Yeah. Look for that next week. Um,
0: also, if you'd like to uh, uh, help out the podcast, we did we do have a Things We Like on our website. If you buy any of those things, and we do like them, so we are endorsing them, uh, <laughs> we get a little kickback. So thank you for that. Um, and you can also, as I mentioned before, feel free to send us feedback at feedback at leaderfables.com. We, we appreciate and read every single bit of feedback we get we may not respond to all of the feedback but we do read all the feedback
1: so thank you and once once you send it then i will text jacob the feedback after you've emailed it i'll text him that same feedback. it's gonna be great we might break the internet this
0: this (laughs) right so many messages all right well folks until next time lead on
1: Uh okay. I think it's a 30 day trial, isn't it? Did I say twenty? Yes. I have thirty I have twenty day written in my notes. I don't know. Well now
0: I, I need to know because this I I have written in my notes. 20. stupid. Why would, <laughs> why would there be a twenty
1: day free trial? <laughs> Can you imagine like the meeting on that? All right. Let's <laughs> offer if we offered a free trial, maybe a lot of people would uh sign up for it. Sometimes. But how many days do we want to do? Well thirty is pretty standard. Nah, that's too many. Too many. We should do twenty. We should 20 do 20 twenty-day free try. We should put this into the uh <laughs> <laughs> <the blue> program. <laughs>